Welcome, friends and new listeners. This podcast was born out of the desire to motivate others to pursue their dreams, just as we are going to with this podcast. Welcome to our first episode, Changing Paths. In this podcast, Downhiller and I will talk about our lives. Downhiller and I will talk about how our lives have changed over this last year and how you can change paths to find happiness, success, and prosperity, no matter where you are starting from. And that's what happens when you record for the first time. And <laughs> yay! All righty. So, Downhiller, over to you. All right. Thank you, JB. I am so excited to be here recording our first episode of our new podcast. A year ago, I could hardly imagine myself as a podcaster, but then the pandemic hit and life changed for all of us, as you know. Like a lot of other people, I began looking for ways to keep busy, to distract myself from the real life disaster that had become our lives. And I've always been more of a book reader, a music listener, I'm a musician, but I started listening to a few podcasts here and there. And when you decided to launch your own podcast, then I really became a serious podcast listener. And then you offered me the opportunity to be a guest on your podcast, JB Motivating from the 5280, and discuss life as an immunocompromised person during the pandemic. And that I'm still really grateful for that experience. We had such a great time doing the interview. I became hooked on podcasting and we started talking right away about launching a team podcast and we committed to making it a reality. We are both working on turning some other dreams into a reality right now. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the ways in which we're making our dreams happen. We hope that everyone listening will find some inspiration to change something in their life that isn't working for them and even share your stories in the comments. JB, do you want to talk a little bit about how your path is changing? I would definitely like that. So last February, before all the chaos happened, um, I really was thinking about what I could do to make a difference in the lives of those around me or around the world. Yes, thinking big. You should always think big. So... Enter creating a podcast. Through doing some research, I got all the equipment I needed and that I was told to get. Got a microphone, headphones, and eventually I got recording software, which by the way is free. Once I got all the equipment, I sat and I tried to think about what would I talk about? How do I do this? And who is going to listen? I found a platform to record on and I thought for the price, free, I would definitely start out this way, but I realized that most likely down the road, I would be switching things up for a better quality and maybe learn how to get a bigger reach. I've learned so much this last year and a few months and two seasons and 30 episodes into my third season. I learned how to add my own music in season three. I know that sounds probably really simple, but it really wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I actually learned how to control the music levels, and I'm so excited to where my podcast has actually brought me. As Downhiller mentioned, my current podcast, JB Motivating from the 5280, focuses on positive motivation and self-improvement, Monday through Friday. At one point during the podcast, I kept seeing that the way to really get your podcast off the ground was to interview people. So bring in my friend, Jen as you will get to know her, Downhiller. I brought her on and we just had so much fun and we couldn't wait to collaborate again. And here we are. Also, she and I were chatting one day and we discussed that 
I was already kind of coaching people through my podcast. Why not create a business out of it and become a life coach? So by the end of this June, I will actually be a certified life coach. And I cannot wait to get my own clients and being able to help them. I also think that during this last year of our crazy pandemic, that I was really tired of working for someone. And I really felt the drive to create my own path to help others find theirs. So let me pass this off to Downhiller so she can tell her story about changing paths. Thanks, JB. And I just, I want to commend you for all the work that you've done on your podcast this year. Just watching it evolve and improve has been a really amazing experience and you've done a great job. And I know that with our podcast, you're going to continue to, to help me learn and make this a really great podcast for both of us. So I just wanted to let you know that. And as for myself, um, I never expected to be changing paths mid-career and mid-life. I wanted to be a doctor from the time I was four years old, and I developed an interest in public health when I was in high school. I never really thought about a career outside of something like medicine, public health, or research. And I did some immunology research after I completed my undergrad and earned a Master of Science in Public Health in 2008. And I've been very blessed that I found work in my field right at the height of the 2008 recession. And I've had a really fulfilling career since then. I have really no complaints and didn't really see myself going anywhere different. But Flash forward to December 2019, and my epidemiologist radar went off. Yes, I am one of those. I'm going to flout that a little bit. I knew that COVID would soon be a worldwide problem for all of us. And I was even more spooked because, like we've talked about before in, in my interview, I have an autoimmune disease. And I take medication that suppresses my immune system. So consequently, I am at a much higher risk of contracting and dying from COVID than someone who has a normal, healthy immune system. So I started to worry immediately how my employer, which happens to be a hospital, would actually respond to this in terms of giving people telework or alternate work schedules, that sort of thing, to try and keep the staff safe while still continuing to run the hospital. Obviously, we all can't work from home. I understand that. My physicians kind of shared that concern. And just to make a very long story sick, um, or story short, excuse me, first episode, we're going to make mistakes here. Um, I went home sick with COVID-like symptoms at the end of March and had to file for an accommodation to be allowed to telework for a few months. Then in June, as cases went down a little bit, the hospital started to reopen, kind of business as usual, and I was told to report to work against medical advice or I could even lose my job. And so that was a really terrifying, crazy time for me. In the end, I was reassigned into a different position that's completely virtual, and I still feel like I'm doing something valuable. I'm very grateful to be employed and continue serving our patients. But I did take a pay cut when I was reassigned into that other position, and I just kind of began to question how I saw my career unfolding under over the next 15 to 20 years before I retire. The reality is that COVID is likely going to be endemic or with us in some form for the foreseeable future, and people with compromised immune systems may not benefit from the vaccine as much as healthy people, so I'll probably need telework for the remainder of my career. Thinking about that left me pretty depressed. Reality sucks sometimes, but I had to accept it that I may not work face-to-face -face ever again. So thinking about um, what I could do, you know, I just kind of started thinking, how can I turn this into an opportunity to go into a different direction, one that could be better than where I'm at, where I am now, and how can I find something positive while the world seems to be crumbling around us? So before I go further into what I'm actually doing right now in my process, I do just want to acknowledge that I have many privileges and opportunities that so many others don't. And I'm very fortunate to be employed in a virtual position right now. There's lots of people who are going out, risking themselves, 
to do things like deliver my groceries, those sorts of things. So I just want to put that out there that I am grateful to those people. And I know that this is, you know, that I do have advantages that a lot of others don't. You and I both come from well-to-do families. Um, a lot of my friends stepped up last year when I was going through a rough spot because of my job situation. And I don't want to make it sound like I think changing careers is simple, easy, or cheap. It's not. I know that I have resources that many people listening may not have. So that said, the first step towards changing paths, at least for me, was to acknowledge that you want to change something because something in your life is not working. I think we become complacent and tell ourselves that things are either fine when they're really not, or that it's just not possible to change one's circumstances, so why bother? Once I accepted that life has changed permanently for people like myself and that a career change might be in order, I began thinking of my interests and my strengths. So anyone who knows me knows that I'm a math and science geek to the core, and I also have a gift for music. Music is actually what brought us together, singing in choir at the First Baptist Church of Denver. And so then I made a list of fields that are largely virtual now or could easily shift to a virtual environment. And computer science came out right at the top of that list. And I've always had an act for tech. Um, I'm good at it, I enjoy it, but for some reason it just never really occurred to me that I could do that for a living. And one of the doctors I work with actually said, if I can't fix it, it can't be fixed. So why not get paid to do that is kind of what I started thinking. And I started researching all the subfields of IT and computer science. And then I found I was really interested in coding, cybersecurity, and even computer repair. So I made a decision to seek some type of formal training or education in cybersecurity, and also committed to teaching myself coding through all of the free resources that are available on the web. And if you go on the web, you can learn just about anything for free these days. And I, again, I understand that requires a computer, it requires internet, but if you have those things, the resources are there if you just really look for them. So I've been teaching myself coding, and then I actually chose cybersecurity as a discipline because I feel the need to do something that makes a difference, and cybercrime is a huge threat to all of us. It also reminds me of epidemiology in some ways, particularly outbreak investigation, because my mind, I think, is always sort of going to be on that path of, of math and science. And the more I learn about cybersecurity, the more intrigued I am with the different opportunities. So I started looking into boot camps, certificate programs, associate's degrees, and also getting another bachelor's degree. And I decided to start with a local community college here in the Metro Denver area because it was more affordable. And having been out of school for so long, I just kind of wanted to ease back into things. So the courses were, of course, online because of the pandemic. And they didn't go quite as I had planned or expected, but I think in person, these might have been really great courses. So I'm still debating if I want to take more courses at that location in the fall or possibly pursue a boot camp or look at a different academic institution. Um, still just kind of investigating that. So I do want to go on working for my current employer, and I'm also checking to see if they might offer me some on the job training that wouldn't cost me anything. I've joined a professional organization for women in cybersecurity, and I'm seeking a mentor. Mentors are huge for just about any field that you want to go into or change. So if you're out there thinking about a career change, try to find a mentor. And again, the resources are there. You just kind of have to dig a little bit. Um, I also enrolled for an online IT certificate program through Google that's only $40 a month, and it's a good way to find out if you have aptitude for a particular field. And I just set a goal, kind of the way you've set a goal for yourself, that I want to be working in this field in some capacity within a year. So if you're thinking about changing careers, you need to ask yourself first what you're good at, what do you love doing, and why. Sometimes our interests and strengths align, and sometimes they don't. You also have to ask yourself how much you want and need to earn, 
to live the lifestyle that you want or that your family needs? And that answer is going to be different for everyone. Um, after you look at those two things, then that kind of allows you to narrow your focus between what you like, what you're good at, and where those things intersect. Once you decide on a new field or trade, find out if more training or education are required for you to make this change, or is it something that you can simply move into? If more training or education is needed, ask yourself how you're going to pay for it first and foremost. Check with your local Office of Workforce Development. Most states have an Office of Workforce Development or Department of Oak Rehab. Again, those are state agencies for the most part. And as I've been looking, trust me, there are some resources that I didn't know were out there that can put you into on-the-job training, internships, um, scholarships, grants. There are a lot of resources that I really just wasn't aware of until now. And then look at all the community colleges in your area. Here in the Metro Denver area, we have multiple community colleges. I realize that some areas might only have one or none, but if you are in an area where there are more than one, where there is more than one community college, compare them. They have different programs. The tuition may vary a little bit. There may be campus-based scholarships that one has and the other doesn't. So just look everywhere you can. Uh, go online and look for scholarships, retraining grants, and tuition sharing agreements, particularly in the IT field. Sometimes you can pay just a small amount as you go and then start repaying that salary when you get a job. So that's something that I wasn't really aware of until I started looking into this field. So I know I'm making this process sound really simple and it's not, but I can tell you that once you get some momentum going, just by taking that first step, you really become more motivated to accomplish your goal. And I know it may take me more than a year to break into cybersecurity, but just setting that deadline is really motivating me to take action. And in addition to the real things that I'm doing, such as taking the courses and searching for the scholarships, applying for the training grants, joining the Women in Cybersecurity trade organization, I also use visualization. And I picture myself working in cybersecurity and how good it will feel to do something that interests me that benefits the public and also pays extremely well. That's, I won't lie, that is part of why I'm looking into this field. So I really believe that visualization can help us all accomplish things we might not otherwise. I used this when I was in high school. I was an athlete and a musician. And personally, it is something that I benefited from. So even though it may sound like a little hocus pocus, I just think people should try it and you might be surprised. So that's my story in a nutshell and I'm sticking to it. JB, would you like to wrap up? Sure. Hmm. It sounds like you've listened to my podcast. <laughs> Maybe just a few times. <laughs> There's some definitely some messages that you've been saying that I have definitely been implementing over the last three seasons, um, especially taking action. Very key to getting what you really want. Anyways, yes, I would love to wrap up. So we cannot thank you all enough for listening to our first episode of JB and Downhiller. We are so excited to help you and others turn your dreams into reality. We hope that everyone listening will find some inspiration to change something in their life that isn't working for them. So if you heard Friday's podcast, or maybe you haven't, um, I mentioned JB and Downhiller. I also mentioned that we have a fun segment that we'll be doing called A Guy, A Girl, and A Ghost. What is that you might ask? Downhiller and I are starting to become quite the paranormal aficionados, and we are excited to share our experiences around the Denver metro area and the state, and maybe even more. And we will be bringing those experiences to you in the third episode of each month. On top of that, we are asking you, my friends, our listeners, to share your ghost and paranormal experiences with us that we will share 
on the fourth episode of every month. We will be putting all the details in the show notes so that you know how to follow us as well as share those awesome ghostly experiences. Each week, we will be bringing you content that we hope you will share and enjoy with your friends and be motivated to change that path. So with that, I want to first off thank Riverside.fm for this opportunity for us to be able to record remotely, because if it wasn't for this awesome technology, we probably would have a little challenge doing this. Um, But it's awesome. It's so cool. Also, have to thank Captivate.fm as well, because they are who our podcast is distributed through. So thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you, Downhiller. We are going to have a fun time. I'm really excited to where we are going. Thank you so much, everyone. And we will see you next week. Thanks, baby. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Talk to you soon.